The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. Check us out at BehindTheMask.com. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, professional hockey fans, listening to us anywhere you may be on the Podbean app live tonight, as it is every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Hotel and Casino in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy joining you, as always, from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. And my co-host, Zach Bondrat, joining me from Chandler, Arizona. We are here to talk the start of training camp. Whew, that's a big breath, a sigh of relief, Zach, because this is the busiest hockey Monday I think I've ever spent in my life. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, It's been pretty busy. It's been pretty crazy, but um, in all honesty, no, no, no. I think that's... No, it's been more than crazy. If you were just watching the, the Sun Devil hockey game on right now, headed to the third period and saw Johnny Walker do the lacrosse-style goal, and Twitter is blowing up. Uh, every major network has got that video. It was an uh, incredible goal. Uh, they they go, Gophers lead the Sun Devils 4-3 headed to the uh, third period. So that's what I saw. Coming up in just a few minutes is the start of the uh, – World Juniors semifinal game between uh, United States and Finland. Um, so all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, the AHL tonight announced that they are officially going to start the season February 5th. They're going to bring uh, 28 teams, and they've given some teams the prerogative to uh, move to different locations for uh, COVID purposes. And um, the AHL is coming back. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. The NHL camps have opened. Uh, all three of our teams are uh, – very excited to be on the ice, it appears. So all kinds of good stuff. So let's uh, let's dig in. You got anything else you want to chat about before we get started with the AHL? Yeah, a couple connections. You talked about the USA and Finland team coming up just shortly. Now, Sampo Ranta was the Finnish player that scored the, uh, was it the game-tying goal for Minnesota? Bring it 3-3, and he is an undrafted or he is unsigned but drafted by the Colorado Avalanche in the third round. So a uh, slight connection there with that one going on. But uh, other than that, no, just uh, business as usual, quote-unquote. Got a bunch of new stuff going on, but that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we get ready to start the third period in Minnesota, I, I you know, <laughs> the Sun Devils uh, came in unranked. The Gophers are number one. Uh, I spent about, oh, I don't know an hour this morning in a Twitter war with somebody from Minnesota uh, over the uh, the five-minute major and, and game misconduct given to uh, Gavito Janssen yesterday. I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, I'm a Minnesota native, as you know. I threw it out there that uh, I'm just getting tired of the Gophers whining about everything. They're too good. They don't need to. Uh, why do they whine about every single thing? It was a minor. It was called a minor on the ice. Uh Bob Mosco screamed and yelled till he got them to review it. They reviewed it and immediately made it a, a a major penalty and a misconduct. It didn't have any effect on the game, I don't think, other than the fact that uh, ASU had to kill a five-minute major. But come on. You know, you're the number one team in the country. You get all the best talent all the time. You have the best facilities. Uh, just quit whining. Play the hockey game <laughs> and let it go. 
The contact was light at best, and it happened at the face-off dot, and the guy lost his footing and slid into the boards. My goodness, it wasn't like he drove him through the glass like we've seen many a Sun Devil player over the last five years get driven into the boards and nothing be called on it, not even a minor. So don't go there with me. Anyway, that's my soapbox for tonight. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to when it comes to the blue chip programs such as Minnesota and you got Michigan's and the Boston schools, they they get a little bit more benefit of the doubt um, when it comes to those kind of plays. But um, I mean, fact of the matter is, yeah, uh, ASU was didn't end up losing four to one. Um, I honestly didn't see it, um, so it's it's just one of those things. But um, seems well, if you, you get, have... if you get bored, go to my Twitter account because I've got a frame by frame of it. Gotcha. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so that's how I started my morning. Uh, then we had Air Force, who uh, finally got closer to a win. They got went to overtime and lost in a shootout today. So uh, they're they're starting to get their legs back under them. Maybe it was uh, five to six weeks without game action for them. So that's tough to do. Uh, Arizona State, as I said, is on the road, but. But here's the exciting part for us, Zach, is AHL hockey is coming back. Um, limited as it may be, fewer games, obviously, later start, obviously. But the fact that they, they came up with some sort of plan to at least start it and see what happens, um, kudos to the AHL and the NHL for doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely necessary for them to to come back and play, especially if the NHL is going to be able to do it you know, safely. Um, I don't see why a reason why the AHL couldn't. Um, it also just helps the the player development. Um, I mean, to be honest, if you have the NHL playing and and you know you have to do a call up or, or something or fill an injured player spot, uh, that's a pretty big ask for somebody who um, who hasn't been able to play at all uh, in the AHL. So it's just going to help out the NHL clubs. Um, like I said, it, it's definitely something that um, uh, that should have happened. So I'm glad that it did, uh, even if it's going to be with some shortened games, which is what we're going to be experiencing anyway with the uh, with the NHL. But again, it, it's something that should have happened, and I'm glad that is happening. You know, and I think that that is the key reason right there is that if they didn't have an AHL season, they were going to have to have expanded rosters in the NHL because. You can't play 56 games in 115 days or whatever it is and not expect to uh, have an injury or two. Uh, so you're going to need to uh, to figure out a way to have players uh, that are still in game shape. And that's what the AHL is. I mean, let's be honest. That's what it is. It's the development league. It's the, the fallback option for, for NHL hockey. So, And yeah. then the second thing that's important about that is there's so many teams that are excited. I mean, it's a big thing for Tucson to have Roadrunner hockey back, whether there's fans there or not, just to have some radio or if there's some TV action or streaming or whatever it is. Same thing in Vegas. Uh, the Henderson Silver Knights have their new building, uh, practice facility, a new franchise starting up there. Uh, you didn't want them to go without playing any games whatsoever. So um, I'm glad the AHL did it. I'm glad that they set themselves up to start just a little bit later. Uh, which they are. February 5th is the start. NHL will start uh, January 13th. So I think that staggered start will help as well. And you know what? Now it's all up to safety because uh, the COVID numbers are today. The state of Arizona is the highest uh, stat rate. I think 120 of every thousand people that live here have COVID right now. So it's the highest stat rate in the world, not just the country, the world today. So uh, so let's hope that it gets under control and that they can continue to play and, and not have any issues. But uh, I'm excited about seeing the Henderson Silver Knights, the Roadrunners, and, of course, the Colorado Eagles. So fingers crossed, knock on wood, do whatever you do, my friend, to make sure that we keep uh, hockey on the forefront. Yeah, and, I mean, getting back to kind of like what you were saying with the AHL, um, yeah, I mean, we by having the AHL play, it's definitely going to help with the NHL rosters, uh, being able to you know not have idle players. But uh, the teams that have that have decided to opt out of it, being Charlotte, Milwaukee, and Springfield, um, that's kind of it's. I feel like it's an interesting decision. Um, but again, going back to 
Um, the NHL impact of that is Springfield being the minor league affiliate of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, that's going to play a pretty big, big impact into them being able to make another run of the Stanley Cup again because it's you know you're going to have to put a player in uh, if there is any injuries. It's going to you know, have to you know, get up to game speed really quick. Um, and I feel like that's definitely going to, that, that could definitely hurt some teams. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see the repercussions of, uh, of Charlotte, which would be the Florida Panthers affiliate, Milwaukee, which is Nashville's affiliate. And like I said, Springfield being St. Louis affiliate. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that, if any, uh, has an impact on them at all. And, um, I don't know what the second part of, of, of what you were what you were going, where you no, were going I, with that? Yeah, I was just talking about the fans. Uh, oh and, yeah, the, the fans in those communities. I mean, a lot of those teams are played uh, are based in in smaller communities that depend on that as a source of entertainment. And uh, you know, I know just by looking at the Roadrunners and the Silver Knights and the and the Eagles, they um, they all have their fan bases that uh, you got to keep energized. I mean, I've been harping on this act for months now. Uh, and I think every show, maybe not so much on this one, but certainly in club hockey and the NCAA, is that you can't you can't not have your fan base engaged, whether you're playing or not playing, because you'll lose them. I mean, they'll go somewhere else. So you yeah. got to keep it. You got to keep them engaged some way or another. And playing games obviously is the best. But even if you can't play games, you got to keep them engaged on social media or Instagram or Twitter or whatever you do. Just so that your fans know that you're still you're still viable, you're still there, you're still an option. Well, yeah, and that's the thing I think with um, I think that's important, especially with the NHL and the AHL playing um, is it's an economic factor too. You know, you want to keep the fans engaged. Uh, you want to keep them engaged this season with the hopes that uh, you know maybe they can come in and, and see some games. Um, I know some places that that's allowed uh, during the bowl season for college football. There's been a uh, many fans that have been attending the games. Um, so, you know, I think that's the economic aspect of it as well is, um, you know, there, there needs to be some sense of, 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 I guess this word gets thrown around a lot, but normalcy in the sense that, you know, it's an economics factor. You need to allow fans in. Uh, you need to get these games going so that either you let them in now or you let them in later on in the season so they can have those concessions. And like you're saying, a lot of those small towns depend on that, not only as a as an entertainment factor, but as an economic factor. Um, so, I mean, Bakersfield is is one of those, and that's going to be in the Pacific Division with the Roadrunners and the, and the Silver Knights and the Colorado Eagles that we cover. Um that's a really small town in, in California. Um, it could be big comparatively to some of these other ones um, that are, you know, out Midwest. But it's a really small town, and the fact that they have a a hockey team out there is rather impressive, and they've been able to keep one out there. So that's a team that really depends on that. Um, and after that, it's really just college sports after after this uh, AHL franchise that they've got. So. Um, as far as, you know, cases rising and things like that, I mean, there's, it's, that's a lot of, I think it depends on, you know, where it is you're, you're at and it's, there's, there's a lot that could be had with it. A lot of political, a lot of, a lot of craziness going on. But like I said, I think the, the fact of the matter is, is economic wise, if you want to keep fans going and keep this stuff alive, then yeah, you gotta, you gotta play the games and you got to let some fans in in order to keep this rolling. Yeah, and unfortunately, the NHL, the only team that's doing that is the uh, Arizona Coyotes right now. Nobody else, uh, and maybe Florida, you said, right? Was that yeah, Florida I believe or, I, or Tampa? I, it was Tampa, I believe, said that they were going to be at 23% capacity. So um, so it'll be interesting to see if if other teams are able to pick that up or, or where that goes. But what we do know with 100% capacity is that the players are on the ice in training camp, and if you've been following anything on social media, you have seen that there is uh, a number of players that are very excited to be back on the ice, especially the teams that um, that didn't make the playoffs. I mean, all three of our teams, uh, fortunately, did make the playoffs last year, but it's been a long time 
for uh, guys on teams that didn't make playoffs. So I'm sure they're thrilled to be back. A lot of guys finding new homes. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe touch on that briefly. But um, in addition, in addition to that, you got guys that uh, that are looking to make a comeback. I mean, Phil Kessel, for example, with the Coyotes. And let's start right there. You know, he he admittedly started off last year with an injury and struggled with it for a good portion of the season. And and now all indications are Phil is healthy. It, uh, you know, from what I've heard, everybody in the lineup in Arizona is pretty healthy. Yeah, and I mean, they've been off for a long time. So if they weren't healthy, I'd be really concerned about what the heck is wrong. Um, but yeah, no, it's that's going to be, a, I think, a key part that they're going to rely heavily on, uh, not only from a leadership aspect, but from a uh, scoring and playmaking ability. Um, yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the roster, it's going to be, I think, a year of building the young talent, showing them how to conduct themselves on and off the ice and how to play the game. Um, I think it's going to be a potential uh, contributing factor to the identity that the Coyotes are going to have later on down the road when they find all the the pieces that they feel like is necessary for them to be a a very competitive hockey team. Um, And yeah, like I said, Phil Kessel, he's going to be, I think, a real core piece for them this year, uh, especially winning a Stanley Cup. He's been with, uh, let's see, Boston, Toronto, the Penguins, and now the the Coyotes. He's been he's been kind of all over. He's been with a with original six teams. He's now in a in a franchise that uh, doesn't have the pressure that uh, like a Toronto or a Boston would have. So you can quote unquote, you know, he can kind of stay out of that limelight, which I don't think he was much a fan of. Um, so hopefully he, he really thrives this year and uh, being injury free and and being a hundred percent, I think the Coyotes can expect some really good play from him. You know, last week we talked about the Coyotes goaltenders. They're going to go with three because uh, they have three signed NHL contracts. So unless somebody were to get traded, which doesn't seem feasible right now, and uh, they're going to start with all three. They're going to have Auntie Ranta, they're going to have Darcy Kemper, and they're going to have uh, uh, who am I thinking? Aiden Hill. Aiden so Hill, they're, uh, yeah. They're, they're going to have all three of their goaltenders uh, primed and ready to go. Um, the uniqueness of the season, Zach, and I think a lot of teams are psyched up for it right now. I'd like to ask them in about mid-March uh, how they feel about it because, as Paul has alluded to, Paul Hornstein, my, uh, my co-host on uh, Sunday and Tuesday night, uh, this is like, like the old times, right, where you played all the games in your own division, limited teams before all the expansion happened, and you got really down and dirty with the teams. And we talked about this before. Arizona's got Vegas. Whether you want to make it a rivalry or not make it a rivalry, they're going to see each other right away, right away in the season for four games, two in Vegas, two in Arizona. So um, it's going to be fun to see how the players handle that. Yeah, and I mean, to Paul's point, yeah, when you when you see these teams – for four games in eight nights, uh, you're going to develop some some bad blood there. You know, it's and like you said, with the Coyotes getting getting off to a start with Vegas. I mean, Ryan Reeves is a real heavy hitter, um, and you can only imagine that he's going to be a pest to some of the the Coyotes players. So, um, yeah, when you when you see these teams, like I said, four games in eight nights, you're going to get real sick of somebody by by the second game because you're still thinking, my God, I got to play this guy for another two more games uh, in four days. You know that that's that doesn't develop a lot of good feelings towards each other. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, you know, qu- quoting slap shot, a lot of old time hockey here from uh, from like the Hanson brothers, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to make for a really great season. Um, and like I said, I, I think the AHL just committing to play uh, those 28 teams, I think is going to make it uh, more competitive because you're not going to have the overlap of those players not being on the ice. But um, I'm looking forward to it. The, the, I'm really excited. The, the Colorado and the Golden Knights game, that's going to be outside. Um, I don't think they could have picked a better two teams in the NHL. Uh, I think it's pretty clear cut that those are definitely either one, two or, or one in three as far as top teams in the NHL. So that's going to make for a really exciting game. 
Uh, and not only that, these teams are going to play each other multiple times. So you're going to see some really good hockey games out of those two. Um, but everyone else as well, because again, it's a shortened season. Um, you know, there's a Stanley cup on the line. So you could see a little bit of a playoff mentality come from a lot of these, a lot of these teams and a lot of these players. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And you're alluding to the games that, uh, were leaked, uh, prematurely a little bit of, of, uh, being played two games on, uh, outdoor weekend. It's being called, I think up in Lake Tahoe, they still haven't confirmed, I know Vegas doesn't know 100% that they're doing that yet. They're hoping to. Uh, Still a lot of logistical things done. It's been played on a golf course uh, between the 16th and the 18th hole at at Lake Tahoe. They have uh, so many logistical things to put together so quickly that uh, I know they want to play it uh, February 20th and 21st or something like that. But um, we're still waiting for confirmation on that. But, yeah, that, that would be a very, very exciting time, no doubt about that. Okay, yeah, so I mean, the fact that it's even a rumor is is pretty impressive, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they definitely whet our appetite for a weekend of hockey. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that that's where we stand with that. As far as the uh, the Arizona Coyotes, and we're going to get into this uh, on our YouTube channel on Sunday on our Sunday special uh, that comes up because we're going to be doing three of those. We're doing the the uh, Arizona Coyotes this Sunday. We're going to do, uh, I believe, Colorado the next Sunday and then Vegas the, the Sunday after that. So uh, you'll be able to get a little more detail about the rosters, about the players, what we're seeing. We'll bring in uh, our own Seth Askelson, uh, who will be out at uh, Coyotes training camp this week, giving us some uh, tidbits. And then uh, I'm hoping to get up to Vegas as well, either this week or next, to, to give a, a look for the, uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And then um, – Colorado, just uh, how do we get there? That's <laughs> And when we get there, can we get in is a big thing. So we'll find out how that goes. But one way or the other, we'll have a breakdown for you of all the teams. So uh, I don't want to get into too much in depth of that tonight, but uh, let's just quickly talk about those new guys that came in. And what, before we talk about the new guys, let's talk about the potential new guys. Victor Soderstrom had a great uh, World Junior Tournament, again, for uh, for Team Sweden. Um, I think he's a top six forward right now with the Coyotes. Your thoughts on Victor Soderstrom? Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact that Sweden um, made a, an early exit uh, is a little bit surprising, but to the fact that, you know, it's to Finland. Finland, I think I had I had said on the previous podcast, it's, you know, the power four of, of – or the power five of Russia, Canada, Finland, the USA, and Sweden – um, but yeah, I mean, the world juniors have been nothing short of, of just amazing. And I think the, the three teams that, that we cover and the, the prospects that they've got on, on those teams has been phenomenal. And Soderstrom is definitely making a name for himself at the world junior level. Um, so it'd be very, it's, it's gonna be very exciting. I, f- I have a feeling you may be able to make a jump into the Coyotes roster, um, for nothing else, but they want to see him get some game tape. Um, whether he starts the season there or not will be interesting, but, um, but I think we'll see him in a, in a Coyotes uniform this year, because like I said, they, they want to get some game tape. They want to see what he's like in game speed at the, at the highest level. Yeah, I know they wanted him last year, but they thought he just needed one more year of season and he was real close. So, uh, and then, and then the other one to bring in from the world juniors team USA is, uh, Mr. Farinacci. Um, he's had a great great tournament as well uh scored some big goals uh was a presence uh, when his line was on the ice almost every game that they played so far and i'm sure that's going to happen again tonight as well with that game underway i don't know a score on that one yet but uh, as they are out uh on the ice in edmonton in the semifinals so uh your thanks on, on john farinacci is he going to be able to make the jump to the coyotes or does he uh wait another year um I mean, at this point, to be honest, with the Coyotes roster starting to to fill up, I don't know. He may seem some. He may see some game action, um, but it, it, I think it might it might be tough at this point because, like I said, they're starting to fill up. They're starting to lose some spots. They're starting to um, to really fill out what it might look like. Um, but again, it, it's injuries happen. Things occur. They'll want to get him. They'll want to get him on the ice. They want to see him in the competitive atmosphere to see what he can turn out and do. 
Um, so I, I think it's a really good chance at this point for any any player that that's in the Coyotes organization to 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 get some on ice action. Now again, whether it's opening night rosters or not, um, for him it may be a little bit more challenging because again that that roster starting to really fill out and fill up. So um, so we'll see. But it, I think it's it's definitely a possibility that they get him in to to get some NHL tape. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's come back in about three or four minutes and jump in with the uh, Colorado Avalanche, a team that, again, you're very familiar with. Anybody that's been listening to us uh, on our show knows that. So we'll uh, see what Joe Sackick has put together for for this uh, upcoming season, and we'll get little tidbits on uh, what's happened the first day of training camp in uh, Colorado. So we'll be right back. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone, but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care, and lets them pick out what's right for them, whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? All right, we're back. Scott Strandy, Paul, and uh, Paul Hornstein, uh, Zach Bondurant with you on another episode of Professional Hockey uh, Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Hotel and Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, which, Zach, 
that is a spot we will be calling home for four nights, or or at least part of us will be, because uh, we're doing all four shows live from the Z, the D Hotel in uh, sixteen days. Yeah, yeah, it's it's approaching really, it's approaching quickly. So hopefully, there's a. I have a feeling by that time there's going to be a lot of stuff to cover when it comes to <laughs> comes to the live shows. Oh man, it's every night, Zach. When I looked at the schedule, it's going to go from from right now all the way until sometime around July fourth, uh, because with all the teams that we cover and all the action going on with the NCAA, ACHA, AHL, and NHL, uh, there's going to be all kinds of games to cover. Okay. Let's get back to uh, our breakdown of the NHL teams in our coverage area. We got the Arizona Coyotes out of the way. It's uh, your turn to give us a little bit on the uh, Colorado Avalanche. What have you seen and heard over the uh, first couple of days of training camp for the Avalanche? Yeah, I mean they got off. Uh, they got off to I believe today is when they started. Uh, I think the biggest thing uh, was there was five players that that weren't there for the first day. Uh, they were deemed unfit to play. I mean, hockey is notorious for this. You have no idea what that means. They say upper body, lower body injury. No idea what that could be. So unfit to play. Not quite sure. Uh, but the five players um, are Landis Gog, Brandon Saad, Eric, Eric Johnson, and then Philip Grubauer. The fifth one is Keaton Middleton, who was an AHL contract, but nonetheless is, is still a part of that training camp roster. So, um Unfortunately, Brandon Saad had still not been able to take the ices and with the Avalanche. Um, I think the big thing to look at is the defense and the the seven guys that they had paired up in Group One. Uh, Devin Taves was paired with Kale McCarr, um, which uh, I don't know that I expected. Um, being, you know, I, I don't know too much about Taves. I haven't really seen him play. Um, so I think that'll be an interesting combination. Um, of course, Bo and Byron being at the World Juniors, um, that's he's he's not on the he's not on the the training camp roster. But you got to believe when when he makes when the World Juniors are over tomorrow, he'll be able to to join the Avalanche. Um, but I, yeah, it's I think that's the biggest the biggest thing that I wanted to see was one Brendan Saad to see where he kind of paired up within the lines and then two who McCarr was paired up with. Um and then we have an update. Looks like USA just put one on Finland. So Alex Turcott's the guy who scored that one. Um But anyways, getting off on track. Um yeah, I, <laughs> that's going to happen the rest of the show my friend cuz there's 3 I'm minutes gonna... left with ASU Minnesota, it's 5-3 Minnesota, so <laughs> you got one eye on one, I've got an eye on the other and we're trying to talk professional hockey. <laughs> yeah, we got all sorts of stuff going on. But yeah, I think the I think the biggest thing is is Taves being matched up with Makar. I think that's that can make for a really interesting pairing. Like I said, I don't know too much about Taves. All I know is he's a puck moving defenseman. So that could be uh that could be a really potent, lethal top line of defense. Um, and then Burkowski, McKinnon, and Rantanen uh, were the top line of forwards. And um, that's a line that I think could be really lethal. Burkowski found his own, found that scoring touch that he wasn't able to find in Washington. Then Sackick made a, uh, a King's Ransom trade for that one not a, not necessarily king's ransom but he ran away with burkowski i think it was a second round pick that they they uh let go for for him and i mean I, I by no means am i am i frustrated with that one so um and another one one of my my buzz is jt comfer um he's one of my favorite players in the abs i like the way he plays um playing second line center on day one so uh that's something that i like to see uh, Tyson Jost, third line, third line winger. Um, I think when everything starts to get settled in, he may uh, fit either fourth line, uh, maybe some see some third line minutes. But um, Martin Kaut looks like he's poised to make a a full jump into the NHL roster this year. So a lot of good things going on. Um, Grubauer not getting the the start. I think maybe maybe. The, a little concerning specifically because um, that is going to be quote unquote, the, the part of the avalanche that's not as full 
not as foolproof. I wouldn't want to say that, but not as solid as you look at the the forwards and defensemen. So um, we'll see how that kind of plays into the factor later on, or, and in their first game, hopefully, he can back get back on the ice real soon. Yeah, I hear you. And just an update on the Arizona State Minnesota game. It is now Minnesota six, Arizona State three, uh, one forty five and counting in that one. So. I think we can uh, say that one uh, might be about done. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, it's the number one team in the nation. So, uh, Unranked against number one, and uh, as I have said again many times, being a Minnesota native, I have never seen a Minnesota team get more up to play a series against a team than they do against Arizona State. They want no opportunities for Arizona State to even scare them, and uh, – Arizona State just scored to make it six to four. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen died. Uh, that was Jared it. Gorley. Jared Gorley, I think, got it finally, but it was a cluster in front, and somehow it ended up in the back of the net. So it's not over yet, I guess. I mean, it's six four now, one sixteen to play. But um, <clears throat> as I was saying, uh, I never seen a Minnesota team get so fired up to play uh, a team like they do. Uh, Arizona State, they just do not want anybody from uh, a startup program like Arizona State to uh, have even a sniff at beating them. And uh, it, it's it, it's sad because I I just, I, I don't know. I, that's my soapbox again. I'm going to get off of it right now. And, and... <laughs> I know I know what you're saying. It's frustrating. And then, you know, it, it's just a matter of time before ASU comes back and and gets settled into not in this series, but you know, comes back and is a threat to that to that mentality because it's that's just the so what they're gonna have to do, they're gonna have to beat it out of people. Yeah, I mean that's what it literally is gonna take. But I mean they're getting the they're not only playing on the road every game this season, but they're getting the best of the teams that they play on the road. So I mean they're gonna end up being four, eight and one after this one, it appears, um, or something like that. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be where they want to be, obviously, but, um, you know, you're fighting an uphill battle and, and at least they're playing hockey. And I know that's what coach powers will tell you. He wants to win every game, but he's also excited to know that they're actually getting games played and that's important as well. So, okay. One final thing on the sun devils, and it relates a little bit to, uh, uh, some of the players coming in, but they've got two more Ryans coming. They've got a Ryan O'Reilly, who's pretty darn good right now. And they got the NAHL Offensive Player of the Week in uh, Ryan Robinson uh, playing down in uh, Amarillo, I believe, in Texas. And then they have Ryan Alexander coming in. So uh, Paul Hornstein will uh, roll over if he hears me say this, but the triple Ryans are coming this way. <laughs> I mean, He told me to stop bad. it. He said, stop you it right it now. The Ry- you can call it the Ryan line. Ryan Robinson is in Wichita Falls. Oh, Wichita um, Falls. My my bad. He's, yeah. He scored a game winner in Elmer, Amarillo, I think, is what it was. Uh, but, yeah, was Wichita other, Falls. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Alexander. Oh, yeah, at Dubuque. Yep. Ryan Alexander, yep. Dubuque, and having a pretty good year as well. So next season you could see the Ryan line. All three of the Ryans. you got a, a center and two forwards uh, to go on there. So who knows? And now Minnesota's trying to score an empty netter and put a little icing on the cake. And uh, thank goodness uh, Arizona State held them off the board. So, okay, we'll see what happens. It's winding down. 19 <laughs> seconds left. I'm giving you play-by-play here, folks. It's uh, it's nice to see Johnny Walker back as well. Uh, you know, I know we're on a professional show, but this is uh, rare that you see him play on a Monday night. So uh, I, I thought it was worth uh, against the number one team in the country. And let's not forget that. A 6-4 loss is not all bad. Uh, against the number one team in the country, so. Well, and the okay. way we can tie it, way we can tie it back into pro hockey is how many professionals are on that Minnesota team. Like I just said, there's a there's a Sample Colorado Ranta. Avalanche. Yeah, Sapo Ranta is just one of many to be on that uh, roster. He's a star. Going to be in the pros. He yeah. is a star. If uh, and that leads if he back to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, uh, that just goes back into the pipeline that that. Colorado's God is just when is it going to end? And from this point of view, it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. No, I uh, I totally agree with you on that. It appears that they are uh, they're there to stay for for quite some time. They've done a great job, as you've mentioned many times, about the way they put their numbers together with their roster and all of that. So um, 
let's move on to the Vegas Golden Knights, and then we'll wrap up a little bit with the, the World Junior Talk. But uh, the Golden Knights uh, uh, hit the ice today, and as you would expect, uh, Jonathan Marchessault took about five minutes before he was yapping at people. Marc-Andre Fleury <laughs> took out his goal stick and broke it on the first shot that he took with his goal stick. <laughs> so there was some stuff and some shenanigans going there, but they, they got out and did some uh, some really good things on the ice. They're they're excited as well to, to be playing. Um, uh, Petrangelo got his first look uh, in the uh, Vegas Golden Knights facility in actually uh, – playing up to, uh, uh, what should I say, some practice time in that facility, which itself is just kind of daunting when you're out there for the very first time because it's such a beautiful facility. But um, just a few things to throw out. Uh, Pacioretty, Stevenson, and Stone played on a line together today. Marcheseau, Carlson, and Smith. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Cody Glass and Alex Tuck and um, – and Waugh, or Roy, or Raw, whatever you want to call him. Carrier, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nosek, and Reeves uh, played the uh, the fourth line, and then McNabb and Petrangelo, Martinez and Theodore, White Club and Bolden, and then Leonard and Fleury uh, would basically be the starting lineup if they were to start today. So lots of good stuff going on for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think every time we talk about them, Zach, we always gravitate back to the money that they have in goal. And we wonder how long can that carry on? Um, they had to get under the cap. I think they are under it now. I'm not sure uh, what that deadline date was, but uh, you maybe know that better than I do. But the goaltender situation, how long can they play with those two drawing that much money? Um, I mean, honestly, it, I think it comes down to the trade deadline and how how tight they want to be when it comes to that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know that they're going to move either one of those. They're definitely not removing Leonard. They wouldn't sign him to this extension on the off season, um, and then plan on moving him. Um, so I believe flurry. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't think that they're going to end up moving either of them simply because this, the schedule is going to be compact as we see the first, First few weeks, it's every other night playing. Um, and I think, honestly, that's their biggest asset um, is the fact that they can roll out either one of those those goalies and be extremely competitive night in and night out, quite literally every other night. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to move them. Like I said, the only thing I think is the biggest drawback has come the trade deadline what kind of movement they can make there um if somebody gets injured um it's going to be they're going to be hard pressed to try and bring in another player to fill in that spot so you know we'll see the the depth that vegas has they do have some players that are on the rise um that could potentially come in and fill those roles peyton krebs been playing phenomenally at the world juniors seventh in points um three goals five assists so you know maybe they're hoping that those these young kids and these young guns can come in and uh and fill in those roles and you know they don't really have to worry about it um on top of that you got jack dugan who i think they're really high on to see what he can do um so honestly if you were going to ask me what goalie situation I would want, it would absolutely be Vegas. The cap is a little bit of, of a, a point of, you know, getting a little bit of a sting, but fact of the matter is, is I think, uh, I think Vegas is pretty confident with both of those goalies going into the season, knowing they're going to be playing every other night, sometimes back to backs. Um, you know, and, and I think that's really going to pay off for them in the end. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the next thing to look at in the goaltending part of it with the uh, Golden Knights is um, who who makes that next move? Is it Oscar Dance? Is it uh, is it somebody else that uh, that moves up uh, a goaltender that might be the heir apparent to the replacement? Because Mark Andre is getting up there in age right now. He's not going to stay uh, on that roster forever. And uh, Robin Leonard, like you said, has secured the number one spot just based on his play and his pay, if you will. So I think they're going to be looking long and hard at their uh, at their goaltending depth to find out what they have. 
Uh, we've talked about this uh, at nauseum pretty much about uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, but their depth on offense is unbelievable. I mean, they have uh, a lot of veteran players that can play offensively. Uh, it's going to be a matter of how they come together defensively and uh, are they going to win games that are uh, 4-3, 2 or are they going to get into shootouts with teams? Uh, just your thought on the offense and defense coming together in Vegas. Um, I mean, I think they're going to be, especially with the addition of Picarangelo, I think they're going to be looking to uh, keep games low scoring. Um, I think long-term that benefits them. Um, their offense, I think, is very talented. Um, I don't know if it's an offense that can score at will. So that's why I'm saying they're, they're probably going to be looked to be keeping these games, you know, maybe a 2-1, 3-2, 3-1. You know, I think the defense is going to is gonna shell out and try and take some pressure off the goalies blocking shots, um, but playing smart. Uh, the, I mean, the big thing, I think Zach Whitecloud could really make a breakout this year. Uh, we could really see what kind of role he plays. Uh, if he's going to be a puck-moving defenseman, a defensive-minded player, uh, somebody who can just be complete shutdown, uh, clear the net. Uh, so that's a player that I'm really interested to see how they utilize him. Um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be a team that's going to look to try and keep these low scoring games, um, really grind out the season, make sure, you know, everybody's staying healthy. Cause that ultimately is the key to their success. Going to the playoffs with a healthy roster, not having to make any mid season moves, um, and, and just allowing the, the young players to come in and contribute because fact of the matter is it's really the lifeblood of winning a Stanley Cup champion is having a young depth core that can come in and contribute when the top two lines are, are being taken out of the mix by the top other lines of the team they're playing against. So having uh, guys like Cody Glass, Jack Dugan, uh, we'll see if Reed Duke is able to make that jump. Peyton Krebs. Uh, having those guys, I think, will be a big factor if they can come in and, and make this roster. Uh, same with Zach Whitecloud, really young defenseman. So I, I think that's going to be a big factor. Um, and, yeah, as far as the goalie situation goes, Dance has been there for for a while. Um, I think I just did the math, and he was 27. So he's getting he's getting into that area of hitting his prime. Um, they seem to have faith in him. Like I said, they they had when they first started, they had Flurry, Subban, and Dansk. Um, they obviously obviously still have Flurry, uh, but I think that's mostly because uh, some public relations. He's obviously a fan favorite. Not only that, but he's a phenomenal player, um, and it's that goalie tandem that's a nightmare for anybody else. Um, but that other player they've kept is Dansk. And I think he's going to be able to, uh, to maybe make a statement. Uh, if he gets some, some ice time this year of, you know, this is, this is, I'm, I'm here to stay and we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not too familiar with the Vegas pipeline of, of players for prospects in the goalie position. Um, but you know that's that's neither here nor there. They could always pick up somebody in a trade or uh, draft somebody in the upcoming draft. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're seeing better and better goaltenders come up uh, now that that a lot of teams uh, don't have to pick a first rounder or a second rounder. They can find one and develop them. So we'll see what the Golden Knights do. Uh, I think again, I think you hit it on the head. They're going to have to uh, play solid defensively and. Uh, they're going to have to, what I call, not get so cute. They have a tendency an awful lot to uh, try to make that perfect pass or that perfect shot or whatever it may be. Uh, and as I think sometimes you got to get a little gritty. you got to get a little tougher. Uh, it'll be interesting because, uh, you know, for a lot of people, they don't realize Pete DeBoer didn't get a training camp with these guys uh, until he got the playoff training camp. Uh, he came in midseason last year, and so this is his first uh, go at taking the guys from day one. And still, it's it's an odd year, as we've already talked about, with the number of games and the number of days. But uh, it's going to be interesting how Pete DeBoer's training camp, if you will, and, and game from game one strategy works out. Um, 
I, I think it's going to be different. I think the Golden Knights are going to see something. Uh, I also mentioned this last week and maybe the light, week before that too. Uh, one of the teams that's going to feel the uh, lack of fan support uh, in their building is Vegas. They, they rise to that. They live for that. Vegas is a great show. Uh, it's a great place to be to watch a game. So um, I'm just wondering how they adapt to that. I know Vegas is working really hard to uh, make it feel the same, but it just doesn't uh, if, without the fans. Yeah, and I mean, we had talked about it before, uh, the importance of having fans uh, in the arena for economic situations and keeping fans engaged. But, um, but yeah, keeping them there for the the players – uh, I wouldn't say reg like having it regular, but but having it there so that the players, you know, they have that spark. Because I think people don't realize is that the fans and the crowd can have a major impact in how a game is played. Um, you know, comebacks are, are always better in front of fans. So, yeah, I mean, I think having I think having fans there is is super important. I don't think there's really a good I don't. I personally don't think there's a really good argument to have absolutely no fans. To be to be frank, um, it's just such an integral part of the game. Um, so hopefully, if it's not if they're not beginning the season with fans, they can at least get some halfway through the season or partially, uh, because it is it is really important. One, the economics of it, and and that's important for the concessions and um, you know just for for merchandise and. You know the workers that work those areas, not necessarily any of the the merchandise going to the team, but just for the people who work the event. Um, and then not only that, but how the game is played on the ice with the with the players and knowing what they're there for. Because bottom line is, is they're there for the fans. They're there to 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 win, but also for the fans as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you spoke about the, the economics of it, but uh, Mountain America Credit Union will be the official uh, helmet entitlement partner for the Arizona Coyotes. So we're starting to see some sponsorships and partnerships coming uh, with logos going on the helmets. I have not heard uh, in Vegas yet. I have not heard in Colorado yet. Have you? Uh, no, nothing from them yet. I know Scotiabank is, is got the Maple Leafs and the Flames. Uh, I think those are the only two that, that I had seen from today, but, um, but yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I, I'm definitely one of those, those people that was not a, a big fan of it when they said that they were going to do that in order to recoup some of the, the lost funds. But, uh, after seeing it, it it's very, it's done very tastefully. Um, I think it, it blends into the uniforms fairly well. Um, now with that being said, I don't think we're ever going to get away from it. Um, I think from here on out, you're going to see sponsors on helmets in order to, to have that revenue, because I think once the owners see the profit from that, and if they can <laughs> yeah, look at that say and that. say, yeah, it, and unfortunately it all comes down to the dollar. Um, so um, I was definitely one of those those people that said no helmet sponsors only because once it happens, like I said, from now on, I don't think you're ever going to see a team playing without a, a sponsor on the helmet. And if that's a scenario, then you know that's that's up to everybody the on how next, they want it. friend. Yeah, which and that I mean, not a fan of whatsoever. I know the NBA does it, but there's a reason why why hockey is. 300 times better than the NBA. Not only the product that's put out there, but um, it, it's more than just a dollar amount. For that, was an, that was a very impartial statement, folks. He just, <laughs> I <yeah>. mean, <laughs> bottom line, just saying it. I very mean, unbiased. You see, yeah, you, you see uh, uh, no names being, no players' names being said, but a player for the uh, Clippers uh, having a lacerated lip putting on a full face mask with Zidane Char has his jaw wired shut and still plays the entire Stanley Cup <laughs> finals. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, I think it's up to each individual person on how they want to look at that. Some people would say, well, at least we have something, you know, I'll give up, uh, I'll give up the aesthetics and have a sticker on a helmet and have hockey being played. Um, and that's fine. But I would, I would just prepare everybody that that's never going to go away now even when butts are back in seats. So, 
Well, okay, um, and that, that leads me right back to the World Juniors because, uh, again, not trying to discredit anybody or uh, uh, throw shade on anybody, but when you look at the European names, uh, teams, they have that huge logo right across the front of their helmet that reminds me and of it being, is god yeah, awful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there would be ways to put that on a helmet to not make it look like that. Um, and I think that's what the NHL teams are going to do. They're going to make it look more like a, a team logo um, on the helmet. So so that's not quite so gaudy, if you will. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's exactly that what I was to, thinking of. Yeah, so, so that brings us to uh, the World Juniors. Uh, let, let's quickly... Just uh, kind of recap leading up to the semifinals today, and we already know that that Canada secured one spot in the gold medal game with a victory over no surprise, uh, no surprise there. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not with uh, nineteen or twenty first round draft picks on your roster. That's uh, that's pretty good. I think we looked at it. Didn't we say that the only ones that aren't are the goaltenders? Everybody else uh, is a first round pick. So something close I to that. I think it was 22 first round pick, and the only player that was on the roster that wasn't drafted was the I don't know if he's third string or second, uh, but uh, was the goalie. But yeah, everyone else. I mean, you look at. I mean, even if you look at the scoring, um, I'm in the top 25 here. Uh, okay, I don't even have to go <laughs> down that far. Top, top 20. Okay, you have Cole Perfetti, Dawson Mercer. They're tied for 17th. And then you have Alex Newhook is 15. Uh, Philip Tan... Oh, boy. Sorry. Tazamano. Uh, that's a 14th. Uh, then you got Quentin Byfield, 11. Uh, Jacob Peterson, 9. Krebs at 7. Connor McMichael at 6. And then, of course, leading the entire the entire tournament is Dylan Cousins. Uh, 16 points in six games. That's absurd. Granted, Canada did put up like, what was it, 12 on Switzerland? Right. But uh, in, in the same token, they're, they're not playing a game with Kirby Doc, uh, who ultimately was their yeah. captain and may have been listed as their best player until his injury uh, in the preliminary, not even the preliminaries, in the, in the warm-up games, the tune-up games. So um, that, it's going to be a tough loss for the Blackhawks as well not to have Kirby Doc, but uh, it's been an exciting run. I think everything's kind of played out the way you you thought it would. It was the it was the the Swedes going out first, if you will, out of the Big Five, which uh, kind of surprised mm-hmm. me. But but then again, not really. I mean, the Finns and the Swedes are so close. Um, yeah, and the Americans, Canadians, and Russians are are all so close. So it's hard. I knew not to see sleep on Finland. Um, Finland's been making a really big surge. Uh, I mean, and you can see that when you look at the draft. That's the other thing that when you look at the draft, you can see the countries that are going to be up and coming. And Finland's been pumping out a lot of first and second round talent. Um, and it's been apparent. I mean, that win against Sweden, um, that's a big, that's a really big win. Um you know, Canada had the the checks in the first game, three nothing. Then they beat Russia five nothing, which is Russia's a very talented team. But um, I see far more prospects coming out of Canada, Finland, Sweden, and U.S. Uh, over the past few years than I have Russia. So, you know, I, again, Canada being in the gold medal game, not a surprise whatsoever. Um, I think even if the U.S. wins it, obviously I would love to see the U.S. win a gold medal, but I think at this point it's fight for second place. I don't see, I, I don't see how anybody could beat Canada. Um, I mean, especially right now, their goalie's got a uh, complete shutout going into the eliminations. It's he's shut out Czechs, the Czechs and Russia. So, you know, I. I just don't see how anybody but Canada wins this. But again, that's why they play the game. Um, yeah. Obviously, being being from the U.S. And, and following a lot of U.S. players in the college ranks, I'd love to see them get that gold medal. But um, honestly, maybe maybe this is bulletin material. Everybody's thinking, okay, it doesn't matter who's going. <laughs> well, uh, Canada's going to win. So Yeah. Well, first things first, the U.S. better beat Finland. Finland's on a power play again right now, and I think they just scored. Oh, that was a replay. They're not back in action yet. Okay. Yeah, no, it's still still an intermission. If it's 1-1, oh, oh, okay, heart heart starts. 
Now it they're is starting, one right? and one. Yeah, starting um, the second period right now. I believe so. Yeah. So yeah, ni- yeah nineteen fifty one to play. So. Yeah. So this is this so is anyway. actually probably going to be the best best of the the elimination games, U.S. and Finland, or at least the, the medal games, right? Going into those medal right. rounds, I think it's going to be the yes. best one. So. Yep, I think you're totally correct on that. Uh, take nothing away from the United States either, because they've uh, they played really really well. It's just that they're just so deep in Canada. And I joked with Paul Hornstein last night. I said, uh, "Is there any doubt now why?" the Canadians wanted to make sure that they held this year's world championships, <laughs> Put that loaded oh, yeah, roster, they were going to make yeah, sure they, they were played at all costs. They knew it. Yeah. I mean, the one key factor that, that is always the biggest factor in any national tournament for the U S is the goaltending and Spencer Knight, the Florida Panthers have to be watching this tournament smiling grinning from ear to ear because of the way he's played. He has played absolutely <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd give up I'd give up three first round three years of first round draft picks to get this kid in the in the stable if I was any NHL organization. So um I, he's gonna be a really big part of that gold medal game if they do end up going on. Um but yeah Canada it they're so darn good, uh, but again, that's why they play the game. So you never know. And if honestly they go out and uh, any team beats Canada, and they say, "Well, we heard we heard ice time hockey uh, saying that you know it doesn't matter who <laughs> plays Canada, Canada wins." Then that's good, good publicity for us. So either way, exactly. prove me wrong, anybody. I welcome it. Uh, okay, so let's quickly recap the show, and then I'll let you do your read. Uh, NHL hockey is back. Training camps have started. Uh, AHL hockey has made the announcement that they will return February 5th, which uh, we are all excited for. So kudos to professional hockey for getting their uh, their legs under them, and hopefully we uh, we get through a season as successfully as we did the bubble to end last season. Um, as far as uh, uh, the other teams, uh, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, it's getting your legs under you now for a, a very – Difficult 56-game schedule, and it's going to be a survival of the fittest, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely, and that's uh, that's usually what the NHL season is all about. Absolutely. Okay, take it away, my friend. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro in just a minute. All right, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com, try original cocktail recipes. Voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford. The Arizona Ford Giant is the presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you to see this top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. From Fremont Street and the experience of the American Coney Island Restaurant, we are more than just a great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. Verizon, the 5G and the 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Buy summer skates, fall, winter, it doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Buy Behind the Mask and behindthemask.com where you can provide where we can provide for all your hockey needs on ice or inline. See the website or our three valley location. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546. Go to jessierraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Monday is not only for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, it's also for the gym. Buy M-Drive, go to mdriveformen.com. Use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the iTunes and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. All right. Very well done, my friend. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, and we'll uh, make sure that you keep tuned in to the quad pod of hockey, as I like to say, and keep watching the Instagram, the Twitter, the YouTube. 
course, Facebook. Make sure you're uh, following everything that we do there. And stay tuned every Sunday through Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, for the Quad Pod of Hockey. We have you covered, college and professional hockey in the Southwest. Have a good night, everybody.